www.amyandmary.com forward slash think marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash think marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Think Marriage, our weekly broadcast podcast dedicated to helping couples grow in their love for, grace toward, and patience with one another. I'm Mark Tinsley, and I'm joined on our show by my co-host and wife, Beth Tinsley. Hello, everybody. Good to be back with you again. And on today's episode, we're going to continue talking about the T in our Think Marriage Think acronym. And as you remember, T stands for time. So last week we talked about divine time or our time with God. And we offered tools and perspectives to help you fence off the time you need to develop your relationship with God. Because as we talked about last week, it's so vital to have that vibrant walk and relationship with the Lord that we can then bring into our relationship with our spouse. So on today's episode, we want to take the next step, which is quality time together with your spouse. If we want to have successful marriages, we first have to develop our relationship with God. And next, we must develop our relationship with our spouse, which is going to require together time. And that's just quality time spent between husband and wife, but without the distractions of life, chores around the house, children, work, all the other things that can compete with that time between husband and wife. But we're going to talk more about that in a moment. Now, Think Marriage is a call-in radio show, so we want to hear from you. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, give us a call. The call-in number is 917-889-3042. That's 917-889-3042. For two, you can give us a call right now, uh, and we will take those calls later in the show. All right, so let's jump right into what we want to talk about today. So the first thing is, why is spending time with our spouse so important? Well, if we truly want to know someone and be in a deep, growing relationship with somebody else, um, and that involves knowing their strengths and their weaknesses, um, just finding out what their joys are, what their burdens are, the desires of their heart that they have, um, the dreams that they have, any of those things. If we really want to know that person on that level, we have to spend time with them. It won't happen just in a, in a casual passing, two ships passing in the night kind of relationship. It has to be an intentional um it's intentional on the part of both the husband and the wife to really spend that time together because that time together leads to conversations and those conversations lead to an increased knowledge about our spouse. And then that leads to a deeper relationship with our spouse. So it's the only way that we are going to really get to truly know our spouse is to be spending intentional quality time with them. And I know it, it, it you know, we, we kind of think we, you know, we, we're going to get to know our spouses sometimes or get to know other people and never spend any time with them. Why can't I get to, why, you know, why don't I know this person better? Why didn't I know that about my spouse that she didn't like this thing or like that thing? And, and oftentimes the question I've asked in counseling situations, well, how much quality time are you spending with your spouse? And so often 
when people look at it objectively, they figure, you know, I'm not spending that much time to really get to know my spouse. I mean, if we want to, that's a saying is so true. If we want to get to know anybody, we've got to spend quality time with them. And that most definitely includes our spouse. Mm -hmm. And that time together, it builds intimacy. When we have those conversations, when we, when we learn what our spouse's dreams and heartaches and joys and burdens are, when we, when they share their struggles with us, when they share their joys with us, when they share everything, it really builds an intimacy between a couple um, I know so many um, couples who they don't spend a lot of quality time together and it's very hard for their relationship to go to a deeper level because that intimacy is not there because they haven't taken the time to build the intimacy that comes with, that can only come with spending intentional quality time together. You know, well, and you know, we're going to talk about intimacy more specifically later on down the road in one of mm-hmm. our future episodes, but I know with guys a lot, you, you hear the, you hear the stereotypical complaint from guys that, well, you know, there's not enough sexual intimacy in our relationship. I, you know, my wife never wants to do anything. You know, you mm-hmm. hear that. So, and again, I think it comes back to how much quality time are you spending? Because I know for women, especially, building that emotional intimacy before physical intimacy is so important. Right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. So you have to have all, you have, it all has to be a part of it. And like you say, we'll talk about later, but the physical and the emotional and the spiritual intimacy all has to be a part of it. And a lot of the intimacy comes over when you're spending time together. You're, you know, you're laughing over inside jokes. You're laughing over things you've done together. And even just that laughter creates an intimacy. It creates a closeness between couples and a bond between couples. And that comes from having a lot of time together and sharing a lot of experiences together. I think that's so true. I mean, uh, you know, since we've had our kids, I mean, I'll tell a little story on Beth and I, since we've had our five children, yes, you heard it right. Five. That was not an audio problem. Um, you know, I've, I've made this statement to Beth, you know, I don't hear you laugh as much, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm, Beth and I, we've always been very close, but I remember when we first started dating, that was one of the things that really drew me to her was her laughter. And she still laughs. Don't get me wrong, folks. But you know, when the, the seriousness of, of, of life, seriousness of life kicks in and you're busy and you're burdened with the raising of kids and the keeping of a home and then going to a job, sometimes there's not as much laughter. And I know in my relationship with Beth, I've, I've sensed that decrease in laughter a little bit over time. And, and I feel it as part of that, maybe uh, a lack in some ways of intimacy. So we've been trying to build back in to our lives and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but uh, some some more laughter, some more time to deepen that relationship that we have. Yes, I think that's so important. Yeah, it really does. It 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 really does. The seriousness of life can um, it can just kind of start to weigh us down and take we take our minds off of things that are just as important as raising our children or the other things that we that we worry about. Um, so we we do need to make time for that. Um, you know, sharing time together, spending time together. Um, It enhances the trust and the loyalty that we feel between each other as husbands and wife. As as you share life's burdens together and as you know that your spouse, you know, kind of has your back and they're there to support you, 
you trust them more. You feel a more loyalty towards them and vice versa. They'll feel that more towards you and they know that you're there to support them and you're sharing life with them, the good and the bad. That builds a lot of trust and loyalty and that's so important for a deep, vibrant relationship. And it really enhances communication. You know, when we spend time with one another, we're not just sitting there not doing anything. We are communicating. And, you know, the, the best time of time together is when we're communicating, we're talking, we're sharing life, we're laughing, we're joking, we're discussing things. All of that conversation enhances the, our ability to communicate with one another, our ability to communicate maybe things that are that we need to discuss with our spouse, maybe problems that there are in the relationship. Um, If we're not spending time with one another and we don't have that deep sense of loyalty and trust and intimacy with our partner, it's going to be really hard to go to that person with things that you need to talk to them about. So there's so many second and third order effects from spending time, quality time with your spouse. And just all the shared experiences that you have in life when you spend quality time together it leads to a, a really a sense of teamwork in a marriage. It's not just two individual people living their lives, doing what they want to do, and, and they come together at the end of the day and they have dinner. It's not these separate um, lives and experiences. It's you're a team. You're one. As the Bible says, you're, you're one flesh now. And it, that sense of teamwork and investing in your relationship, it just really leads to a true partnership. And, and what God intended when he brought man and woman together into a union, it's a true partnership and unity, a true oneness that Christ intended. I know we always talk about in the military, you know, uh, you, you're in a unit for a while and, and you get, uh, you get with those folks, uh, you become friends with them, you train hard with them, you maybe even deploy to combat with them. And then years later, you're telling your stories, or maybe even just after the event itself, you start telling your stories. And there's something about that camaraderie that's built by doing hard things mm-hmm. together that you can't replace. And, and, it, and it creates a unity and a bond that in many cases becomes uh, unseparable. And I think the same thing in our marriages, as we share life together, the burdens of life together, the hard times, the good times, the fun times, the not so fun times, it does. You're right. That shared experience, it, it pulls us together and creates a bond and a relationship mm-hmm. and a partnership that becomes harder and harder to break. Yes, absolutely. So folks, those are some of the reasons why spending time is important. And you, you probably heard some overlap between last week uh, and this week. We talked about some of these points we made with our time with God. You know, we've got to um, build partnership and unity with God and uh, get to know God. And that's what spending time with him is all about. And so it's the same with our spouses. But I want to move on to what are some of the distractions that keep us from spending quality time with our spouses? I mean, some of these are obvious, but I'm hoping that some of these will Maybe ring a little bell in your head to think, huh, I didn't think about that. But, you know, the first and obvious one, well, maybe I should start off by saying that none of these, well, a few of these things, maybe none of them, I don't know, uh, in and of themselves are not bad. It's when we take them to extremes is when they can become, quote, unquote, bad in our lives. And so one of the distractions that is a necessity of life is work and career. I mean, you know, we're created to work. I mean, God told us we're going to work. I mean, that's just part of, by the sweat of our brow, we're going to work the days of our lives here on this earth. So it is a necessity. It's something that we're going to do. But when we allow it, and so it's a distraction in and of itself, but if we allow work to take over our lives, if we become workaholics, as it were, 
if we spend 16 hours a day at work and, and no hours a day with our spouse, that is definitely going to hurt our marriages. And so many people become workaholics. So many people use work, especially, well, I won't say that. I was going to say especially men, but I think more and more as we move in, men and women are using work in their lives as a means of coping with relational issues and emptiness in their lives. And so work can become a major distraction mm-hmm. in a marriage. Absolutely. And that's even work inside or outside of the home. You Absolutely. know, I don't work outside of our home. I homeschool our five children and take care of our home. And, but that even work inside the home, um, you know, that's my, my job is homeschooling our children and, and taking care of the home. And that can be a big distraction because it's, right. it's never ending. You know, it's, it could go on and on and on every day. There could, you know, but I think even that area, you know, I've seen that we need to be intentional about um, setting boundaries in those areas and setting up our life and our environment to facilitate time with our spouse. So, you know, for me, that means one of the things I've been trying to do is get getting rid of stuff, more stuff to that the less stuff you have to take care of in the home, the less time you have to spend there, the more time you have with your family. So, so as she brings up a good point that children can be a distraction too. I mean, obviously we love our children. We want our children to thrive. We want to be there for them. But if we, again, go to an extreme with that, if we start taking our children uh, and, and, and not fencing off time with our spouse, but always spending the time with the children, that become a, can become a major distraction as well. And keep in mind that all of these distractions, even when we keep them to a reasonable level, when you combine them together, can be can take up all your time. So you've got to be very intentional about fencing that time with your spouse. So work and career, children, um, technology. You knew we were going to hit this one. <laughs> um, technology, the internet, uh, spending too much time on all the techno devices and gadgets that we have in our world today. And I mean, think about it. My goodness, iPhone, iPads, computers, all the things that you can do through Facebook, and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and the list goes on and on and on. And it seems like they're adding new things each and every day. It is easy to get wrapped up in that. Now I have a Facebook account. I'll let Beth pipe in here for a minute. She'll tell tell you, but I have a Facebook account. I'm on Facebook uh, quite a bit through this ministry and and other things. Um, But Beth has decided not to take on a social media account of any kind. I'll let her tell you why. Yeah, it definitely was a decision I made years ago because I I knew that for me it would be a distraction. I knew that for me it would I'd be very tempted to be on there all the time. What's being posted? What are what's going on? What are people saying? And I knew it would be I already had enough distractions and and things to worry about and I didn't want to add one more thing to my plate and I wanted to still be available for my husband and my children. So yeah, I just knew it would be a distraction. So I just made a decision. You know what? It's, I know for me, it's not going to be a good thing. So I'm just going to not be on it. And it's, and I'm at peace with it. I'm happy with it like that. And, and I'm glad she doesn't have a big interest in it. Because I'll be honest with you, I spend a lot of time on it with this ministry. Now it used to be, I was kind of like her. I had a Facebook account. And I, my first time I got my Facebook account was, was when I was an army chaplain deployed. Uh, overseas. And, and and the reason I got it was because a lot of the family members back home were keeping track of what we were doing and, and their family members through Facebook. So I knew it would be a good thing for me to have so I could send little snippet reports back that everything was okay. Um, but 
I was of the same mind. Now I have it now because of this ministry and I, and I use it very, very regularly because of this ministry. But folks, if Beth were also on it, using mm-hmm. it as much as I'm using it, it would really divide our time. So, right. you know, with her keeping it at a pretty much a zero level and me keeping it hopefully at a balanced level, we're hoping that technology doesn't become a major distraction in our marriage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, Am I vilifying social media? Absolutely not. No way, no how. It's a great tool. I'm using it now for this ministry. You're listening to this over uh, through your use of technology. However, again, like we said, I think last week or week before, maybe both weeks, we've got to to balance it. We've Mm -hmm. got to limit how much technology that we have because it'll take over our lives. It will take over our lives, as some of you may realize, maybe even in your own lives. That includes television. That's another major distraction. That one's been around for decades, but TV watching can get away from you quickly. Many of you know, you, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself when I say this, I've sat down before and watched six, seven, eight episodes of a television series in what seemed like two minutes, mm-hmm. but it was actually hours of time. And I look back on those and I think, what a waste of time. Not, you know, not that having entertainment and doing some fun things is, is a bad thing, but when we overdo it, again, you'll hear that over and over. When we overdo it, that's the problem. And, and folks, if, if you're an avid TV watcher and you're watching hours and hours of TV a day, I would very much encourage you to pray about that, think about that, and, and ask God, is that the way he wants you using your time? I'm not going to make a judgment on that, but I would just say, ask God, is that how he wants you to use your time? Um, hobbies. You know, folks, hobbies can become a major distraction if our li- in our lives if we're not careful. And, and hobbies can be anything from, uh, you, you know, running and good things like that, running or doing woodwork in a wood shop, which I do some of that. Um, but I think one of the major hobby distractions in our 21st century world is sports. We've got to be real careful how much time we spend watching sports, going to sporting events, uh, you know, doing things like that. Uh, they're great. They're entertainment. Nothing in the world wrong with them in and of themselves. But everybody probably knows a person who's obsessed with watching every game of this sport or that sport, going to, you know, buying ticket after ticket to the sport and going with their friends and their buddies and just spending tons of time and, frankly, money on something that's very much uh, entertainment and can be a distraction in our marriages. Unfortunately, I've run into people whose marriages have suffered because of football or baseball or basketball, because they're always watching it on television. They're always going out with their buddies to different sporting events, and the spouse will feel very much left out of that equation. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And of course you can, you know, if you and your spouse enjoy sports together and it's something that, you know, you're going out and you're playing tennis together, you're going out and, you know, you together, go to a sporting event and, and you're laughing, you're having a good time. You know, of course those things can, can build intimacy. And it's, it's really when you're, you're doing these things apart from your spouse to an excessive level right. and, and where some of that time, a lot of that time could be spent with your spouse instead. Absolutely. So just to continue the list here, um, some other things, uh, home projects and chores. I mean, those are, again, all these things are good things, not or good and or not bad things in and of themselves. Home projects and chores are things we have to do. But again, if we do those things in exclu- you know, without our spouses, to exclusion of our spouses, uh, time and time again, and we're just alone doing these kinds of things, uh, again, that's time away from our spouse as a distraction. And think about it. You're at work for eight hours a day. 
You got to spend time with your children. Maybe your own technology. I'm going down the list of things I've listed so far. You're going, you you spend an hour or two on the computer. Maybe you spend an hour watching television. You, you know, you go out to a sporting event for uh, an hour. You see where I'm going. Your day, the hours of your days are, are quickly clicking away. And if you've not spent any time with your spouse up to that point, you're going to get through the day and maybe not spend any quality time with the person that you married, the person that you say is the most important person in your life. So chores can be part of those distractions. Family and friends can be part of the, part of those distractions. You know, uh, sometimes I'm amazed at older uh, older folks, men in particular, because I'm, I'm a man and I see a lot of men doing this, but uh, how they'll still hang out with their buddies for hours and hours every week, uh, going to the bars and or going out to sporting events or going out and racing cars or whatever they're going to do. And all that stuff, again, there's nothing wrong with it, but they'll do it to an excessive amount in absence of their spouse. And again, how does that make the spouse feel? Um, you know, I have listed here emergencies or, or something that are a distraction. Obviously, emergencies are a distraction in a lot of different ways. And there's nothing we can do about those. Those are just things that happen in life. But they take time, don't they? They take time away from our spouse uh, in some cases. Now, here's one that uh, you might not expect me to say, uh, but I'm going to list it. It's church and church ministries. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell you not to do ministry. But what I'm going to tell you is this, that sometimes we can overdo that as well. I mean, there, there are folks that um, will exclude their families from everything and go off and do all kinds of church ministry activities at, to the exclusion of their kids and their wives and husbands and, and, uh, and hurt their family relationships based on church ministries. Now, God wants you to serve in the church. There's no doubt about it, but he doesn't want you to ruin your families in the process. And, and all of these things, folks, I'm making a list right now. For you again, these are things I just want to stress are not bad and of themselves, but we've got to look at them critically in our lives and say, how much time am I spending on each of these things, and make sure that I'm fencing time for my spouse uh, and some good together time with again the person that God has given us to become one with. And then the final thing on my list is just the simplest one, probably of them all, and that is just basic selfishness and laziness. Sometimes we don't spend time with our spouse because we don't want to. We're lazy. We want to just go about doing our own thing, whatever that own thing is. We've got to guard against that as well. So these are just some things, and we're going to get here in just a minute. Our next question here is going to get to, well, what do we do to create quality time? If these, How do we get around these distractions? But I just wanted to list these distractions for you. You may not agree with all of them, but I think you would agree that there are lots of things in our lives, even good things, can distract us, keep us from spending good quality together time with the person we love. And I think kind of going back to the selfishness um, aspect of it, I think a lot of times when we feel hurt by our spouse or some things have happened and uh, we don't want to spend that time with our spouse for whatever reason it might be, we're angry with them, we're not particularly liking them at that moment or in that season of life or whatever it is, but actually, those are the times when we really even more need to spend time with our spouse because the more we're selfish or the more we pull away from our spouse, the further that chasm is going to be in our relationship. So those right. are the times that we really need to say, you know what, I'm not feeling like I want to spend time with my spouse, but I know that for our relationship to heal and to get better, I would need to. Right. So even though it might be awkward or difficult or you might not enjoy it the first few times, just making that decision to put God first and to kind of, you know, put another's needs before your own 
to make the step, to spend time and allow God to, to that healing to begin through spending time together. That's a great point. And I think it segues into our next question, which are what are some of the simple ways to create quality time with your husband or wife? Right. And there's, there's a lot of simple ways that we can do this. And, you know, I think the best part about this is that these don't have to cost any money <laughs> right. or very, very little money. Um, you know, the first thing is, um, now you might think when we say this, the first we're thinking a lot of money, but no. So it's take vacation. And, and what we mean by that is if you work at a job outside your home and you're given a certain amount of vacation time, take that vacation time. And this does not mean that you have to go on a big expensive vacation. That's not what we're saying because we, we don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have five children. We are a one income family. So we, you know, our finances are tight, like a lot of people in this world. So we don't go on big, expensive vacations. Um, your, the vacation you take could be you take time off from work and you just do things locally with your spouse. You go on a day trip here or there. You just go around your town and, and do things together, maybe that you haven't been able to do. Visit some local museums or historical sites or uh, anything that interests the both of you. It could be just a small vacation, a very inexpensive one night somewhere. Um, So you can be so creative in how you do this. um, And it does not have to be expensive. These other ones are very simple, but really can open up a lot of time with your spouse. If you have children still at home, make sure you're putting the kids to bed on time so that you can spend time with your spouse in the evening. You know, the days are so busy with work and school and everything. Having those few hours, even just an hour at the end of the day where things are quiet in your home, the kids are in their rooms, and you have some quiet time to talk with your spouse, those are just really times where you can share and open up, and uh, you could do something, you know, play a board game if you like board games, or just sit and talk, whatever it might be that you enjoy doing, um, spend that time doing that. And we do that a lot, I think. We Mm -hmm. try to get the kids to bed, and then you and I'll sit up and talk for an hour or an hour and a half or whatever Mm -hmm. until we're both so tired we can't sit up and then we (laughs) we go to bed. But I mean, that's been very effective for us, I think. It has. Yep. Um, Another option, we're talking about the evening, the nighttime is in the morning. You could get up early and spend time together in the morning before the kids wake up, before you go off to your jobs. Now, this is going to require sacrifice because, you know, for a lot of people, it's hard to wake up early in the morning. But, you know, our relationships are worth it. They are worth the sacrifices that we might need to make to make this time together happen. Because we know it's so important, we should be willing to sacrifice certain things in order to help them continue to thrive. So getting up early and having that time in the morning, having, you know, your cup of coffee or tea together, sitting on the porch, watching the sunrise, whatever it might be that you enjoy doing. And, and getting your day started that way. Yeah, I have two friends. I have two friends that do that with their wives in the mornings. I won't name their names since <laughs> we're live on air. But, but uh, they, they do. And it, they seem to enjoy. They've been doing it for years. Yes. Yep. Um, also, a, a great thing is to schedule a regular date night together. And this is so important. And again, does not have to be expensive. It could be you go somewhere free. You go for a hike together. You go just walking downtown in your city. You, whatever it might be that you enjoy. It could be just going out and getting a cup of ice cream or something very inexpensive. Um, I know what, what Mark and I have done is when we've received money, um, you know, either for anniversary or someone has, you know, um, given us money for as a gift, we've put that money aside in an envelope. And then when we want to go on a date night, we take the money that was given to us out 
take a few dollars, go out and get a slice of pizza, go out and get some ice cream, just something very inexpensive that, that we can do, but it allows us to have that time out of the house, just the two of us talking. Um, and, you know, uh, thankfully our children, our older children are old enough now where they can stay at home with the younger children. But, you know, there was a time in our marriage when that, when we had five yeah. young kids and, and you couldn't do that. So you have to be, you might have to be creative. Are there friends that you have where you can swap babysitting? You know, you, you and your spouse go out and they watch your kids along with their kids. And then the next month or a couple weeks after that or whatever it is, you switch. They go out and you stay home with their kids and your kids and watch them. So just different ways that you can be creative to allow yourself the time out with your spouse. And I think one thing that Beth said is so so I want to just highlight is look for inexpensive ways to do all of these things too. We found us a local pizza joint that has, you know, cheap pizza mm-hmm. by the slice. And, and that's where we go a lot because we're not looking for great food. We're looking for great conversation. Yes. And so the food is just a tool to have a place to go to have a great conversation. Mm-hmm. So re- remember that you don't have to go out to a five-star restaurant and spend $80. You can go spend $10 and have a great time with your spouse. That's right. Yep. Um, Another thing, you know, there are practical, like Mark said earlier, there are things, some things we have to do in life, like work, housework, chores. What about doing them together? It's always so much more fun to do things together. So if there's work that has to be done around the house, do it together. Turn on some music, laugh, talk about things while you're working. It'll make it go by so much faster and you'll have been doing it with the person that you love, which will make it better. You know, we talked about how, uh, church can be a distraction. Um, one way to combat that, of course, keeping it balanced, um, is also do church ministries together as a couple. Find, find an area that your church ministers in that both of you have a passion for or that has availability for both of you and do it together, whatever it might be, serving in a, a ministry that helps, um, you know, People don't have a lot, provide them with food. It could be cleaning up around the church. You know, if you like doing yard work, you could work together at the church doing that. There's so many different opportunities where you could serve in the church together. And, um, or even outside of the church, you could do other philanthropic things together, serving at any number of community uh, events, uh, community resources. Um, There's so many things and really serving together is such a great way to build relationship and to grow closer. When you're serving other people, it draws you closer. That's just a guaranteed byproduct of that um, time together serving other people. And a totally inexpensive way, um, except for the gas, I guess if you're going to drive the car, go on drives in the car or walks together. This is just time. Mark and I do this a lot. We're, yes. we'll, we'll have to he'll have to maybe go somewhere. And so I'll drive along with him just so we'll have that time in the car together without the kids all loud in the background. Um, And it'll just be time for us to talk. You could do this with walks around your neighborhood. I know so many people who do that with walks around their neighborhood with their spouse and you're out in creation. You're out in what God made. You're, you're viewing what he made and then, and having time together and completely free. Absolutely. And and then one of the ways that I did, an adaptation of that is a lot of times when I'm driving, when I'm driving alone somewhere, I'll call Beth on the phone, Mm -hmm. which is another point she was going to make. So I'm kind of preempting that, but yeah, talking on the phone together throughout the day, like anytime I'm going to go on a long trip, I'll oftentimes give her a five minute 
phone call. It might be annoying to her sometimes. <laughs> we have a running joke that it seems like I call home every time she's reading to the kids. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I think it does help us maintain a level of intimacy that, that she knows I love her enough that I'm calling to talk to her. And I know she loves me enough to at least sometimes answer the phone when I call. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that talking on the phone throughout the day has been a great way that we've been able to stay connected and it's not always going to be possible. What, what, right. you know, depending on right. what your job is and things like that. But as you're able, maybe you right. have a lunch break, call your spouse real quick if you're able to, or like you said, when, if one person's driving somewhere, call your spouse. It, it really does help. Even if it's just a quick one, two minute phone call, just, Hey, how are you doing? Just checking in. I love you. It really just helps to keep that connection going throughout the day. Absolutely. Well, folks, I mean, and, and many of you are probably sitting there thinking of two or three or four other things that you could do, but this is the point of this conversation today is not to say, okay, here's our exhaustive list of the things you could do, but it's just to get you thinking about the ways you can connect with your spouse because we listed the distractions. They are many. And we've listed the simple ways to create quality time with your spouse. And those are many as well, but it requires intentionality and fencing of that time. And this stuff, folks, relationship building, relationship building with our spouse is important. And it's important to God because scripture talks about these things. Now, some of the scriptures I'm going to reference here, and we're going to talk about a few of these real briefly because we only have a few minutes left, but uh, some of these scriptures are not necessarily talking about the marriage relationship. Some are, but some are not talking about specifically the marriage relationship, but they're talking about relationships in general. And the idea here is if we want to build relationship, we've got to spend time, right? We've got to come together if we're going to uh, to build relationships. So I, first one I want to look at is Ephesians 4, verses 2 through 3. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, this is talking about a lot about the church here and, and the people of the church, but listen to the words used. Bearing with one another. Unity. Bond. Folks, these are, these are rich words. I'm not going to talk about all the specifics of these words, but these are rich words, but they, they speak to a togetherness, a coming together, uh, a uni unification of people together. And folks, Ephesians 4, 2-3 is for all believers, but if it's for all believers, then it's for believing spouses as well, right? We were supposed to come together, bearing one another's burdens in unity and in bonds. Colossians 3 and verse 14, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. There you hear bind and unity again. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9, two are better than one. Listen to this, it's beautiful, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? This is about relationship, folks, that we are a team. We come together in unity and bonds. We come together in partnerships in our lives. And, folks, marriage is the ultimate partnership that God has given us. It's a unity beyond any other relationship that we have. It is a bond of matrimony, a covenant between two people and between two people and God. And so uh, how much more does Ecclesiastes 4, 9 mean to us in a marriage relationship? Are we there to help each other? Up, oh, absolutely. 
Are we there to keep each other warm, as it were? Absolutely. And what happens if we're alone? We can't keep each other warm. I mean, what a what a beautiful image. And then the next two verses specifically talking about married folks. Genesis 2 and verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. That's a beautiful term. Hold fast to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Beth talked about this verse earlier. You know, we're not... It, it, it just this verse speaks to the intimacy and the bond and the relational bond and, and unification of marriage because we're not we're not even no we're no longer even two people but we come together we hold fast we glue ourselves together and become one flesh isn't that amazing you think about that and finally and we could keep going but I'll just stop with Mark 10, verse 9, Jesus talking about divorce says, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Don't let anything, let no one, nothing separate these two people because they are bonded together in one flesh. What a, and it's just five verses, but again, how beautiful these are. And some of them are related, are about relationships between believers and, 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 uh, and, and uh, the people of God. Some of them are specifically about marriage, but all of them talk about the and, and imply and intimate the uh, the necessity for coming together, for bonding together, for unif- being in unity of uh, together with one another, and being one flesh. Yeah, and I love how when it talks about that when we are when we do come together, we bear with one another, and we're we're coming together like that. That the result is unity, like you said unity and being bonded together. Right. That's what's going to happen when we, and of course there are bumps along the road and sure. it's not perfect, but over the long haul, over time, if we're invested in our spouse, those uh, bonds are going to grow stronger and stronger as we share more and more time together. Absolutely. And it's amazing uh, how God, God's word speaks to these things. And we see, and, 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 and you know, God's word speaks through our experience too. I mean, you think about you know, I love the Ecclesiastes four verse nine. It's just a beautiful verse and has so much rich imagery in it, but how it says um, at the end there in verse nine, and also if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? I mean, we've all been alone at times and how cold and how dark life seems when you're alone and you feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And, but everybody's been there, but then that loved one comes home um, from, you know, a long deployment with the military or a vacation or work, I've been away for work for a time. I know Beth has probably experienced this. I know I have when I've been away on deployments or, or someone has, you know, just been distant for other reasons. And they finally come back a prodigal son, as it were, they come back. And when you, those bonds come back together and that relationship is restored, how warm, I mean, I'm using the same words intentionally, how warm inside we feel and at peace and the joy that we experience when the relationship is reunited. And I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that that's, I think that's something God intends in our lives. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's because we are made for relationship. We're made for love. We're made for unification and bonding. Yes, absolutely. And I would definitely encourage, you know, if you, if you're in a relationship with your spouse right now, where you are feeling like you don't want to spend time with your spouse, or you're feeling like, you know what? I just want to do my own thing and I just want to be left alone. I want to, you know, I, or it could be that, or it could be, 
you know, I am so tired. I am, I just don't have any energy to give to myself. I would so encourage you to do what does not come naturally to us. You know, naturally we would in our natural state, we'd say, Oh, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to invest in this, but I would definitely encourage you to just um, take that time and, and choose to be with your spouse, even when it doesn't feel like you want, you don't feel like you want to, because if you do that over time, you know, the feelings can follow. If we take action to show love and a lot of times the feelings will follow. So I definitely encourage you, even if it's just that you're so tired, but if it happens night after night after night or day after day, it's going to create distance. So push through it, even though I know it's hard. Believe me, I have five kids. I know it's hard when you feel tired. But any time you invest in your spouse, spouse is going to pay dividends in your marriage. That's so true. I have a thing I say in my counseling with married folks. Um, and oftentimes I say this when there's a separation and I'm dealing with one spouse in the absence of another. But I'll say, you know, no amount of time. This is a quote. I say this almost verbatim. No amount of time you spend on your marriage and reconciling your marriage will be wasted. Mm-hmm. None. Because that time that you spend in, in reconciliation may lead to reconciliation. But even if it doesn't lead to reconciliation, the spirit of, of peace and the spirit of grace and mercy that you show in reaching out to your spouse uh, is going to pay dividends in your own spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So, folks, that's uh, that's really we're getting to the end of our time. I wish we had more time with you today, but I think we've provided maybe some tools for you, some perspectives, some new ways to to think about things. Remember, there's a lot of distractions in life. Obviously, we know this, but we don't have to let distractions rule our life. We can take those distractions. We can take them, the bull by the horns, as it were, and we can take control of the distractions and fence the time off that we need for God. We talked about that last week but for our spouse as well, because if we don't relate to God first and get ourselves right with him, and if we don't relate to our spouse and get things right with him or her, then folks, we are not going to have a successful marriage. Our marriages are going to fall apart. But as we spend time with God, give him primacy, and then spend time with our spouses, we are going to be on the road to successful marriage because we're going to be relating. We're going to be learning to relate. We're going to learn the burdens, the loves, the joys, and uh, the weaknesses and the strengths of the person that we love. So folks, I hope you'll join us next week as we come back together uh, on our show for couples time, time with others. You know, we've talked about spending time with God. We've talked about spending time with our spouse. Now let's talk about spending time with other couples and how that can be beneficial to our lives of faith. This episode is Friday, April 5th at 3 p.m. right here. Uh, we will, these messages are live streamed, obviously on blog talk radio, but they are also recorded and will be uploaded to our Facebook page uh, in the moments after each episode. So we hope you'll join us. If you can't join us live, join us in the recorded version and we will see you next week. We hope you have a great day and God bless. Log Talk Radio. Think Marriage is a ministry.
today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Thank 